Okay, welcome to episode 58 of the Never Iron Anything podcast. Uh, this is a, a show where we choose a comic subject and myself and a guest host pick it apart. My name's Tony Esmond, I'm a writer of Making Comics with Springworth, Atomic Hercules and more. I'm also the co-publisher at Tribute Press. This week we've got a returning co-host, um, it's the Lord of the Sequentials in Dundee, Mr. David Robertson. How you doing, Dave? Merry Christmas! <coughs> Merry Christmas, this is the Christmas episode. Yeah. Very exciting. Do you like Christmas, Dave? Are you a fan of Christmas? Yeah, I love Christmas. I'm just a, I'm like a big kid with Christmas. Yeah. Me too. Yeah, yeah. I sent it to the boys at the ACP last night. I fucking love it. I really do. Like, if if I was, I'm almost to the point where I would lose sleep waiting for Christmas morning. You know, I'm almost I'm that childish around it. You know. It's, yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, Santa's coming in, so it's exciting. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Good. Um. <clears throat> How's your um? So we are we just narrowly missed tier three, as it is in London. So are you are you locked down up there in Dundee, or are you able to get about? And we 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 tier three, uh, I believe, as right. far as I remember. I've been on night shift for the last two weeks, so I haven't really done anything apart from try to get to sleep and then go to work. Because <laughs> you work for a um in an educational establishment, which is exempt, as I understand it, isn't it? You can go into work still, yeah. Yeah, exactly. So even if whatever tier we're in, I'm still going to work. <laughs> Selfishly speaking, you know. Yeah, yeah, no, I get you. Yeah, me too. <clears throat> me too. Good. Yeah. Now, now that we've both worked out we're big fans of Christmas, what book have you chosen for us to talk about? Uh, I, I chose uh, an issue called Christmas with the Superheroes from 1988. Yeah, so... This is um I bought this on eBay. I have to say the uh, the photograph of it didn't do the bad dog-eared justice that it required. So uh I think I might have overpaid for it, but uh it is um a collection. So it's it's uh it's perfect bound. It's got a spine to it from 1988. It's a collection of other stories that have appeared elsewhere essentially. Is that right, Dave? That's right. Yeah, that's it's a it's a lot of reprints of of old Christmas comics from from down the, the decades yeah i think from the 60s to the 80s i think you're right man yeah and um it's all done with a wrap well, not a wrap around but it's got a, a cover front and back from john byrne and there's loads of little visual gags so black canary is giving green arrow what looks like a bow wrapped up with a bow on it um yep. superman's holding a something that says lead so mm-hmm. you can't see what it is uh robin's got a batarang it's, it's full of little jokes. Only surprise is that Wildfire's on the cover. I wouldn't think he'd have been a big draw, but maybe he was back in '88. Who knows? Yeah. Uh, I guess they had to pick somebody from the the Legion. So that's true. Yeah, that's true. And he's kind of cool, isn't he? I, can't, I do actually kind of like him as a character. I think he's good. Right. Yeah. So um, we're not well served by Christmas books, are we? In comics, I think occasionally we don't see that many. It's not like Halloween, for example. There's not that many, are there? Uh, well, I've made a, a lifetime habit of seeking them out, so I've got loads of them. <laughs> Have you? Yeah. Yeah. And I used to buy at least another one every year. Okay. Um, so I've got loads, yeah. Before we get into it, I made a little list of a few, the ones that sort of occurred to me. Um, yeah. I thought we might run through them. So there's, um, other than the ones we're going to talk about, which come from various comics, there's, uh, do you remember Hitman? There's a, the Santa contract. Is, is it the Hitman contracted Hitman. to kill? Yeah. Santa or something like that, I'm saying. It sounds like something that would happen. <laughs> yeah, it does, yeah, from Garth Ennis. Uh, X-Men 143, which is the famous one where Kitty is left in the X-Mansion on her own and the Brood yep. Queen comes visiting. I thought that was quite a good one. It's a sweet spot of the X-Men right there. Uh-huh. Um, got um, Daredevil 2, I think it's 253 or 233, I can't read my writing, where Daredevil becomes the Hell's Kitchen Santa. That's pretty cool. Yep. I know you're a Hulk guy, aren't you? Oh, yeah. Now, issue 378, the Rhino gets a job as a department store Santa. Yep. <laughs> yep, yeah, that's got a great cover, that one as well. Yeah. The, the Hulk fighting the Santa. In the <laughs> oh, yes, I do know the one. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Who wrote that? Can you remember who drew it? it was, uh, uh, I think that was Peter David. I think it was during his run, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. Um, you got... Um, Fables, the long-running uh, Vertigo series Fables, in issue 56, they bring Santa into the Fables universe. That was pretty cool. Um, a personal favourite of mine were the giant superhero holiday grab bags, I think, which of which there were two, I think. Um, yeah. Do you remember them? Uh, the Treasury Editions. That's the one, yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah, I, I don't actually have any of them. And I was uh, at a con and I thought, oh, there's one of them. I must get that. And, and I kind of says, oh, how much for this? And she was like, you know, oh, 50 quid. I thought, right. Yeah, I'll get, I'll get it some other time, you know. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. I'll find it from someone who doesn't want to charge me quite so much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but they look great. Yeah, any of the old Marvel superheroes have a snowball fight, which is always good. I always like that sort of thing. Um, of course, there's a Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer DC Golden Age comic. Well, I think it might be Silver Age actually. Um, Action Comics 105: Superman helping Santa out uh, out of a chimney because he's too fat to get out of it. That's quite a good cover. Mm-hmm. And then Marvel Team Up issue one: Have yourself a Sandman. Little Christmas. There you go, that's stretching. Oh, word, nice. Wordplay. Yeah. Is there any other ones you want to mention before we get on to our one? Uh, well, offhand, um, there was there was a good uh, Spider-Man one uh, in the late 70s that had the lizard and uh, Doc, uh, Stegron in it. Oh, yeah, yeah. In New York, and that was... Uh, uh, that was in one of the British annuals that I got on Christmas Day, so that, that oh, sticks nice. in my mind as being a really nice one. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and then uh, I'm, a, I'm a big fan of Patty Cake by Scott Roberts. Oh, uh, yes. And, and he did a really good Patty Cake Christmas, and that that's a great one. <laughs> I must look that one out. Yeah, oh, good stuff. Yeah, it's, it's brilliant. Yeah. Good. Right, so this book is full. It's quite a long. It's quite a long comic. There's lots of lots of stuff in it. There's some. We're gonna we're gonna mention some of the other ones, but we've each chosen a story to sort of focus in on, haven't we? Um, yeah. I mean, there's some amazing. There's some amazing people in this, and some of them which might come as a surprise to some people. But did, what? Which one had you chosen to talk about, dude? I chose the um, no, Superman and Santa Claus team up. <laughs> was right before christmas good so this and is originally this is... from dc comics presents number 67 march 1984 and um people who don't remember dc comics was the superman brave and bold is how i used to see it so superman um every every month he would team up with a different character um in the same way that brave and bold at the time was doing as well and this one he just happens to team up with santa claus doesn't he or father christmas as we yeah. call him in england yeah, and um, <clears throat> I really like it because by, by the time you get the idea of Superman bumping into Santa Claus because they're both living up in the uh, North Pole, you know? <laughs> yeah. It's such an obvious idea. It's like, it's perfect. Yeah. I, and Superman in the story, he kind of even plays the straight guy when he meets Santa. He's like, no, wait a minute, I've been up here for years. This You can't be real. This can't be happening, you know? Yeah. So it's it's well done. There's a great page where he comes to, isn't there? And he's surrounded by some elves. That's uh, right. Sort of smart, cracking elves. Yeah, yeah they, they drag him off to to, to the workshop. <laughs> <laughs> I love the little, the little boy. There's a little boy in it that um, has been hypnotised uh, to do evil deeds by the toy the toy maker, is it? Toy, is is it Toy Man? Called? I think it's Toy Man. Toy, it? toy Man. Yeah. Toy Man, yeah. yeah. Uh, good, good choice of villain. For yeah, the, there ever was a choice. Story. It had to be him, didn't it? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, and the little boy's called uh, Timmy Dickens, <laughs> <laughs> which is a good Christmasy name as well. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and he gets whisked away up to the the fortress of solitude uh, by Superman, just because he decides he has to take him up there <laughs> to to have a look at him. Yeah. And. Uh, and before you know it, Superman's been hit by a, a kryptonite beam from the toy man's little toy and uh, been knocked out in the frozen wastes, leaving just the Timmy Dickens on his own to what's going to happen. <laughs> so you get you get quite involved in, oh no, he's stuck in the middle of, uh, of all this frozen wasteland. Yeah. What's going to happen? And then that's, as you say, the elves turn up. <laughs> I just love it, man. I think it's a great story. Yeah, I think it's it's the only... I don't think Marvel could do it as well. I think the innocence... You know, he's not an innocent, but the innocence of Superman suits this sort of story, doesn't it? And also, we're yeah. straight out of the back of the, the craziness of the Silver and Bronze Age, where, you know, basically all sorts of things were happening to Superman. Um, and you kind yeah. of swallow it, don't you? You kind of go with it. Yeah, and it's a good point about you're saying where, when it came out, because it's, it's pre... 
crisis, isn't it? It's yeah. pre all everything being revamped. I mean, it's just immediately before it, and it's the uh, it's the Kurt Swan Superman artwork. So it's to me that's like the classic. Yeah, me too. Yeah, Superman art. So it looks like Superman really is meant to look <laughs> when you're an old fart like me. Yeah, I agree, and I still see Kurt Swan. If somebody says Superman comic, that's immediately where my mind goes. Yes. Yeah. So it's actually um, written, co co plotted by Len Wein and E. Nelson Bridwell. Art by Kurt Swan and Murphy Anderson, two iconic Superman artists. Lettered yeah. by Ben Oder. Color, colors by uh, Jerry Serpe. And edited by the mighty Julius Schwartz. Um, there's some great sequences, some great Kurt Swan style sequences to me in this. And one of my favourites is when. I mean, if you can fight a robot on a page, I mean, so if somebody said to you, oh, "I want you to do a script where you fight a robot on a page," you, you get these days an artist would have a hero fighting one robot, but in this he manages to fight multiple robots in one panel. Oh uh, yeah. So he's been attacked oh, by oh, a little toy army. Robots, yeah. yeah, yeah, he's been attacked by a little army that the toy man sort of directed to him, almost like shitty toy robots that you were getting at Christmas. Yeah, they're really clunky. Yeah, yeah. and. Um, Rather than just doing one panel of him bashing up a load of robots, he he actually draws six versions of Superman fighting robots within the same big square panel, doesn't he? Which is really nice. It's, and that's what really reminds me of Kurt Swan, his style there. And with no backgrounds or anything, but it just works. Yeah, it's it's just action. Yeah. <clears throat> and, I, and I love the, the dialogue of... Because it is silly, he's fighting a load of toys. <laughs> uh, but he... Uh, you know, he's thinking, oh, with the way I'm feeling, you know, this is becoming the fight of my life. You know, it's <laughs> yeah, yeah, really yeah. dramatic, yeah. which adds yeah. to it as well. I thought that was good. Yeah, so it's, uh, <laughs> normally these toys would pose no problem for me, but some of them seem to be armed with a small amount of kryptonite. And with my head yeah. still spinning from Toy Man's earlier blast, this is becoming a fight for my... Yeah, it's like, fucking hell, come on, really? It's, it's like, yeah. it's, it might just be a Superman and Santa Claus, but this is the biggest fight of his entire career. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I got into that. I thought, yeah, it is. I believe yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Never made Lex Luthor and all that. And there's some quite freaky designs in this, isn't it? It's not... The, the elves are like are pretty fucking weird. They're quite sinister looking, aren't they? They're not sort of cutesy elves that you would see on the side of um, cornflake packets and things. These are all got a bit of character yeah. to them, aren't they? Yeah, they're, they're like a bunch of uh, geezers, and they're yeah. they're they're mischievous looking. They're up to something. Yeah, they're they're naughty. <laughs> yeah, it's a good <laughs> one. It's a good one, and um, loads of it, loads of DL, loads of it, and everything. Um, Kurt Swan's Superman face changed a little bit as he went along, and this is towards the end of it, isn't it? He's become mm -hmm. a bit more a bit more Reeves esque. I'm gonna say here. Oh, okay, yeah. Um, He's, if you went back 10 years before this, he was a bit fuller-faced, I think. Um, right, yeah. So he's made him a bit more like the, the current movies of the yeah. time. I don't mind. Yeah. I don't mind that. That's all right. That's no, fine. Yeah, yeah. Still, it still looks like Kurt Swan. Yeah, yeah, it does. And I think that they they do a good... I, uh, well, Len Wein, maybe, or, or the other guy. Mind you, he's plotting, isn't he? It's cool plotting. Yeah. But somebody involved, they've, they've sat and thought about, there's nice little Santa touches, you know, yeah. due to his character. They've thought about it a bit. There's there's some sequence where he says, um, you know, we'll go and disable all the, the dangerous toys or something like that. And Superman says, oh, I could do it much faster, you know. And Santa's like, uh, on this night, no one's faster than me. <laughs> yes, yeah, and I yeah. thought, that's good. That's a nice little bit, you know. Yeah. Yeah, agreed. <clears throat> and, and there was a lot of nice little touches, uh, Bronze Age kind of stuff. Yeah, it's a bit like, of a, a it's a bit of a greatest hits of Superman. This because he even he bashes mm. through a wall at one point. You know the old that's classic. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. And even the the thing of the narrator talking to the characters in it. There's one bit where, but yeah, the toy man is um, it's like, what's happening? Kind of thing, you know. Yeah. What are they? Where did they come from? And the caption says, "Frankly, Toy Man, if we told you, you'd never believe us." <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, and to me, that's—I don't know if they still do that, but you, you used to get the the narrator talking to the characters in the story. This would make a great um, 
current Superman crossed with Elf movie. That crossover movie's in the works, I'm sure. Oh, wow, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> There's a lot of writing on this as well. It's heavily written, mm. isn't it? Um, yeah. A bit more than I'm used to with Len Wein, actually. I know he, he he's a Bronze Age writer, so he wrote quite a lot, but it's quite heavy with dialogue, isn't it? It is, yeah. Um, it's something we, we tend to mention every time we're doing a comic from this year. It does, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah, do. because I think that they just write a lot less now. Yeah, I think you're right, man. It's yeah. all more visual, isn't it? Yeah, I think there you're was, right. Do you know what? There was one thing I was... I couldn't figure out, and maybe maybe I just wasn't thinking, but I thought I must ask Tony. Right. Uh, it's near the end, so the toy man, the toy man has been kind of arrested. Okay. Uh, right. So yeah, it's not fair. I was winning. Where did those toys come from? Let's say they were a gift, right? So that's a nice little comment. Santa has helped with those toys, but then it's the next caption. It's a throwaway thing. Soon after super ventriloquism has summoned the police, and I, I thought, what? What? It's the, uh, this is page 20. Okay. Yeah. And the, there's just the yellow caption. Soon after super ventriloquism has summoned the police, and I don't... Is that just a joke? Do you think that's a joke about toys? Yeah. I, I didn't get the joke. No, I, I don't get it either. Why didn't he phone them? They know who Superman is. Surely he can just phone them. Yeah. <laughs> Why was he using ventriloquism? Has he, he got a dummy or something that I missed? Yeah, He's... I don't think so. So that's not making any sense to you either? No. I feel like that's maybe dead obvious, but I'm missing it. Yeah, me too now, yeah. I don't know. Hmm. Oh, well, it doesn't spoil it, but I thought I must ask Tony if he gets that. <laughs> yeah, no. yeah, Tony's lost as well. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and the ending is, is great with... Um, you know, he does that thing of he 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 gets knocked over again and then wakes up and he and he seems to be back where he was when he first fell asleep. You know, in the snow yeah. with yeah. Uh, with Timmy Dickens. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> and the thing is that, uh, of course, you're left wondering, did any of it happen and all that? But then uh, there is a nice little hint. He says. Uh, I had a dream, Timmy. You know, there was reindeer, elves. Believe it or not, Santa Claus was there as well. And the Timmy now goes, um, of course I believe in Santa. Now, it had been earlier established at the start that Timmy didn't believe in Santa anymore. Right, okay. So he's now believing it for some reason. So it's kind of suggesting that they've taken Superman back and Superman doesn't remember, but Timmy maybe does know what's happened. He's yeah, he's still... holding back Timmy, isn't he? Yeah. yeah. So that was quite good. And then the lovely ending where Superman had mentioned his toy he had when he was a kid, uh, except it got destroyed when his entire planet was was blown up. In that tragedy, he, he lost his little toy, uh, but he's got a new one of that Kryptonian toy now. Yeah. And, and it says, Merry Christmas, Superman. Yeah. I love that ending. That's, yeah, it's a nice that's ending. Also ruins the whole the whole previous two pages where we were left thinking... Was it a dream or not? Then we just says, fuck it, clearly it wasn't. Here you go. It's a projector. I've got, I've got to include that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, it's... But it's, it's a nice... It's a nice panel. Anymore, it? Yeah, but, yeah. You know. Cool. So I enjoyed that story, and I hope you liked it. Yeah, well. no, I always love it. I, I, I read anything. If I can find Kurt Swan comics in a, 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 a comic mart, I'm straight away. I love them. I think they're great. Yeah. I always like that the, the last Superman story, the one Alan Moore... Wrote that that was a great idea to get Kurt Swan drawing it because it looked yeah. authentic. Yeah. yeah, it did. It gave that it gave that feel to it. I actually think it was a bad choice having uh, George Perez ink it. I think it made him too buff, too modern. But yeah, yeah, it was nice that we got Kurt Swan to do that. Yeah, I mean, if there was ever anyone connected to a comic character, let's face it, it's him, isn't it? You know. Well, for me, yeah, yeah. absolutely, yeah. Good. So moving on to my one. So the one I chose, I, to be fair, mate, I only chose my one because I like Legion of Superheroes. I've been waiting to talk about them for ages. Oh, great. Yeah, cool. So mine they is... They are good. They are a cracking team. Yeah, I really like them. I like them since I was a kid. I, I like the fact that there's too many of them. Yeah, they I do. Crack off. I, I always like that. Yeah, and you kind of learn them, don't you? Yeah. When you're reading the comic, yeah. So this one, Legion of Superheroes, Starlight, Star Bright, Furthest Star I See Tonight from DC Special. 
the DC Special Series, number 21, which was a kind of umbrella title for lots of different one-offs. They had various different things. Um, and 20, issue 21 was a Christmas issue, um, currently £51 on eBay. I looked it up. Wow. Uh, yeah. The, Maybe that was the going rate for maybe yeah i know the um we we're talking about the 2001 version of it the other day and that that goes for a few quid as well yeah okay yeah. but it's so uh, written by paul levitz um one of my favorite legion writers drawn by jose luis garcia lopez who we'll talk about in a minute are um inked by dick giordano who we've talked about before on the show letters ben Oder again colorist jerry serp editor len ween um it features superboy pre-crisis like we talked about before now, I don't know about you, Dave, but I, I always thought that to draw a good Superboy was a hard thing because he has to be immediately visually different from Superman, doesn't he? But certain artists got it, and one of the people who got it was um, Garcia Lopez, I think. Yeah, I'd say so. Because he looks the same, but he's slightly... You can just tell he's younger. Yeah. Just the way exactly. he draws his face... And maybe I'm making it up now, but he seems slightly more slight. Yeah, he's than, slimmer, uh, isn't he? I always think. Yeah. Yeah. He, he does differentiate the way he draws them, yeah. Yeah. Now, he. Um, this also features the following characters, not in, some of them not in a huge amount of detail, but some of them are. Um, Monel, uh, who had his own series, great character. Uh, Phantom Girl, Tinya Wazoo. Uh, Saturn Girl, Imra Ardeen. Uh, Karate Kid. One of my favourite um, Legionnaires, actually. Val Armour. Some Boy, Dirk Morgana. Princess Projector. Um, Chameleon Boy, Reap Daggle. Wildfire was Drake Burrows. Lightning Lad, Garth Rands. And Colossal Boy, who appears in a sort of video in the distance. Um, Gim Allen. Mm. Um, I loved, I absolutely loved these characters. I think I think you're right, man. I think there was, because we have this sort of collector mentality, don't we, you and I, as being comic freaks, we... Yeah. We kind of have to learn them, don't we? We have to know who each one is when we see them. And you would see them randomly on, you know, DC Currents, or you'd see them in adverts and stuff like that. And you, or you'd see them, for example, in DC Comics Prevents or Brave and Bold or something like that. And you think, oh, who's that bloke with the weird headpiece? Or, you know, who's mm-hmm. that? And and there was probably, I mean, there's probably hundreds of them by now. But at the time, there was sort of 30 or 40 of them, wasn't there? And you had the Legion of Substitute Heroes as well, which I kind of thought was cool <laughs> as well. Um, yeah, it was like every issue that you got, there was new characters on it. Yeah, because there were so many of them. Yeah, and I mean, the, uh, I was obsessed with uh, the, the blue lady that was in it. Oh, um, oh, Shadowlass. Shadowlass sounds yeah. right. Yeah, yeah. I thought, well, she's blue. <laughs> that that captured uh, my imagination as a kid. You know, oh, yeah. blue lady. Wow. Yeah, she was always <laughs> to me the sort of sexy blue version of. Um, Aurora or um, Raven or someone there was like a bit of that going on on all the teams. They had that sort of exotic look, didn't yeah, they? Yeah, I guess you're right. Yeah. And uh, the costumes they're all wearing in in this issue as well. Yeah, and the ladies. I mean, wow. Yeah. The uh, so in this you've got um, Phantom Girl who is kind of a go-go dancer costume, so <laughs> like holds all over it. Um, yeah, and the, the probably yeah. the most revealing is Satin Girl, isn't she? Because hers is sort of a pink bikini, isn't it? I think. Yeah, the way she's lying there doing her work at the computer, monitoring or whatever it is, you know, it's just dressed like she's sunbathing or something. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like God. And they've all got sort of far a faucet hair and that sort of thing, haven't they? Yeah. yeah. It's good. Yeah, it's good. Yeah, it's good. Yeah, <laughs> I, I like it. The um, so basically, Superboy, so. For those that don't know, Superboy kind of created Legion of Superheroes. It appeared in a, um, uh, it appeared, I think, was it Adventure Comics, wasn't it? Off the top of my head. Oh uh, yeah, Adventure Comics two four seven, April nine fifty eight. Look at that, fucking hell. Mm. Um, that was the first appearance uh, created by Otto Binder and Al Plastino, a future team of superheroes with close links to the Superman family of titles. The original team was Lightning Lad, Saturn Girl, and Cosmic Boy. Now Cosmic Boy also suffered by some awful costumes, didn't he? He was very much in pink all the time and he also had that one that looked a bit like he was wearing ladies underwear like he had a corset on or something didn't he oh okay like that um, black one with leggings and a corset arrangement i'm not remembering him offhand maybe right. i've struck that from my memory <laughs> i think it was a mike grill one um right they had they had a complicated history the legion it's it's too much to go into now maybe we'll do a legion episode one day but 
they, there's all kinds of versions and realities and time jumps and stuff like that. If you're going to get, I have to say, I really like the current run, the Bendis, Brian Bendis. I know before we came on, we were talking about Superman Brian Bendis run at the moment, which I think is good as well. And that's that's worth dump, jumping into. But the um, some great people have worked on it, like we said, Mike Grell, Paul Levitz, uh, Keith Giffen. I'm a big fan of Keith Giffen's work. I think I think he's a really, really imaginative guy. And I bought. Um... Uh, it was the Legion of Superheroes. Uh, was it the Darkness Saga? Yeah, oh, love that. Yeah, <clears throat> there was a there was a sale on this, this year with the the hardback collection. Yeah, uh, and they had the Darkness Saga and the, the Dark Dark Side on the front. Yeah, <clears throat> so I thought I'll try that because I do like the, the, the I think the Keith Giffen that was like early eighties, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. And, yeah. No, that was he so, was a little bit more restrained back then, Keith Giffen. It was before yeah. his sort of looser, crazier stuff, and that was a hot book at the time. I mean, that yeah. was, there was that Teen Titans and the X Men were the three hot books, you know, for me. Yeah, yeah, and uh, going back to the Darkness Saga, <laughs> the HUD, uh, um as I was reading it, the, the entire thing is is built on this mystery of who is this uh, villain that's coming back. Yeah. And it was only as I was reading it that I got to about the third chapter, and I thought, "Why is he? Why is he going to appear?" You know. And I thought, "Oh no, wait a minute! This whole thing must have been read originally as a mystery of who is he?" Yeah. Um, and there was sort know, of superhero. I got so that that didn't work for me. <laughs> yeah, that's true. But there's like kind yeah. of didn't they have like his own versions of their characters? So there was like a Superboy Monel analog, but in the sort of black look ah. and that sort of thing in it yeah that's it's a great series that there's five I years later it. five years later is really good as well that came after the prestige and there's a 1984 to 1989 direct market series also really good and in that one they yep. introduced some new characters but they also like dawn star and these sort of characters but they also um mm-hmm. use is it i'm trying to remember the name of the language was it interlac something like that um oh, and it was interlac. it was an actual um alphabet so oh, right. on yeah. on monitor boards behind them and stuff like that, there would be little messages, Easter egg messages hidden in the comic that you could translate if you had the Easter. Egg. <laughs> yeah. Great. Yeah, which I really, I really like that sort of thing. Um, yeah. Yeah, Adventure Comics three hundred became Superboy and the Legion of Superheroes. Uh, famously, Jim Shooter um, wrote. It depends on whose story you believe or whose story you read. Either he was thirteen or fourteen, um, became one of the youngest writers in DC Comics, and he wrote some Legion. Mm-hmm. Um, because I think his family were really poor and they just needed the money, so he started writing comic stories. And when he got invited to New York to DC Comics, they were quite surprised at how old he was. Um, the Imperial Guard in the Uncanny X-Men look at their costumes and then compare them to some of the costumes of the Legion, especially Colossal Boy, and they're very, very similar. Um, there was a comic called, I don't know if you remember it, Legion of Stupid Heroes from Blackthorn Publishing. <laughs> Which is, I don't think I read that. Right. It's uh, <laughs> it was a sort of part of the black and white explosion. Yeah. Um, but this one, it's it's a quite a sort of cutesy story, isn't it? It's um, Superman arrives, Superboy, pardon me, Superboy arrives. He, he gets caught under the mistletoe by Phantom Girl. Um, he gets introduced to all the different versions of celebrating Christmas in the 30th century, and Val Armor, Karate Kid, is doing like a Japanese tea ceremony, and Colossal Boy is off celebrating hanukkah and um mm-hmm. and then they decide <laughs> it's like super kitschy let's go and find the star that uh, those <laughs> the three kings yeah. followed so they go and that's find right. it and it turns out to be an alien planet that's in a bit of sort of ecological danger so they help out and save nests of people and stop volcanoes and generally help out um make a cave for them to live in everything seems a bit better then they go back to their spaceship, which looks suspiciously like um, the Star Trek Star, Starship Enterprise, but in a sort. Of, have you seen that? If you go to the last oh, yeah. page, uh, yeah, yeah, sort of suspiciously yeah, like that. Um, and they all then they all look at the camera, and they all say, um, "Happy holidays from all of us to all of you." So it's yeah. it's kind of kitschy, it's kind of cutesy, but I kind of like it. It's all right. I, th- I, mean, I thought this story was uh, had the most overt religious <laughs> undertones in it. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um 
the whole thing of let's go and look for the star, you know. I thought, yeah, well, okay. I was I was reading it like a, a regular Christmas superhero comic and thinking, yeah, good. And then there's but there's one logical bit where they go to the coordinates of where that, that star would be. Yep. And they're like, well, yeah, what is here? These are the coordinates, Superboy. We should be in orbit around it now, but there's no star. That's impossible. Somebody says, agreed. And you're like, what? <laughs> you know, they went looking for the, they went <laughs> looking for this, uh, you know, this star that was in this story of uh, of of Christmas, and then it's not there. And they're like, well, that's impossible. Agreed. <laughs> like, who are these scientists? What? What? <laughs> yeah. Why is that impossible? These you know, teenage it's... geniuses. Yeah, their spaceship. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> So we're definitely on the side of um, the, the 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 story of Christ being born was was like real, and we're going to go and prove it. Now, yeah. uh, that's the that's the underlying belief here, I think, with this writer yeah. writing this. Yeah, I mean... and then and then as you say, they have all these different kind of mini disaster made up disasters uh, yeah. that, that that they sort, and and they're great sequences. They're well drawn and exciting, yeah. and. Um, they also like, you know, it's that thing of making up a stupid emergency and then fixing it. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, yeah. and they do that over and over. And then it's the big happy ending where it just so happens all the three different problems of the aliens, if, if they all just get together, they make it possible for them to talk to each other, don't they? That's right. So that solves yeah. it and they're able to, to fix everything. And uh, And then going back to the religious thing at the end, uh, wildfire who's been the big uh, he's cynical about it all yeah he says i'm not saying it was anything more than lightning lad and a bum navigational computer superboy but i guess i can't say it wasn't either yeah and you think this is not logical scientific thinking <laughs> <laughs> it's a christmas miracle dave That's exactly <laughs> exactly you know but i thought i thought it was all the other stories they don't really go near the the Christmas story itself, yeah. But this one, this one does, yeah. So it was interesting for that. I like Wildfire as a character. He's got that sort of tragic character, tragic quality. With a he's an energy, a bunch yes. of energy trapped in a suit, isn't he? And he has to yeah. shoot bits of it out to fly and shoot bolts at people and yeah. stuff. Yeah. It was fascinating as a kid that I think there must have been an issue where you know he took his helmet off or something and there was just nobody in there. That's it was just right. uh, yeah. And you thought, wow, I mean, how could that work? Because then he's in the suit and he's a person walking around in it. And he had a bit of he a with a voice. And he had a bit of a. Didn't he have a bit of a thing with Dawnstar? I've got to tell you, wasn't there a bit of a romance going on that couldn't possibly oh. be fulfilled? One of those. Oh things? yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that sounds pretty heartbreaking, doesn't it? <laughs> so let's talk about the creators on that one. So Paul Levitz, uh, born and raised in Brooklyn, as a fan, he revived and ran the comics reader and lifted it from 500 circulation to three and a half thousand. This led him to getting noticed by DC Comics. And Joe Orlando gave him some per diem staff writing jobs. At the age of 20, he became the editor. Believe that, age of 20. People moan about young editors now, eh? But at the age of 20, he became the editor of Adventure Comics. He's my personal favourite writer of Legion. Um, he wrote some of their best stories. Earth War, Great Darkness Saga, which we just talked about there. And The Dere Death of Karate Kid, which um, was so good. Which was so had real implications at the time. Um, a, re a really good uh, thing. But he also did a, did a style of... What he would do, and I'm not sure this came from him or editorial, but every so often they'd pause the story to focus in on one character, one legionnaire, who perhaps wasn't getting um, as much attention as some of the big ones, you know, the Superboys or um, Brainiac Fives or these sort of people. And and he did one on Cosmic Boy and he done, did one on Star Boy, and they're both really good. And to this day, I think they're really good issues. I think it's something perhaps team books could do more of, is centre in on one of their characters just to flesh them out a bit, you know. Um he co-created the Earth 2 Huntress with Joe Staten. Um, he served as writer, editor, vice president and president of DC Comics. And I remember him as far back as some of the Bristol conventions in the late 90s as he would come over on the talent hunt. He was at um, the first London Super Comic Con as well. I think is where I got a photograph with him. But he would come over and do a sort of talent hunt for people. And f for that reason was part of the British invasion, the Vertigo invasion, you know. I think, he, mm -hmm. I think he reaches that far back. Yeah, and a nice guy. Um, and, of course, we mentioned him last week, but let's mention him again. Is Jose Luis Garcia Lopez. He's even got, a, like, a, his initials are even a bit DC to me. JL. 
GL, you know. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, born in Spain, moved to Argentina. Um, spotted by Albert Brachia. Um, inspired by, he was inspired by Alex Raymond, Hal Foster and Milton Caniff. And he went on to become, well, I think many considered to be the artist's artist. I think he's got that style that a lot of people look up to. There's there's some, some real hidden gems of his. I think Atari Force, people are beginning to realise how great that is. Cinder and Ash is another one. Um, as many of uh, many of his era did, I mean, we talked about this with Mike Zek previously, he started at Charlton Comics, where he did some career girl romance comics, and he did some stuff at Gold Key. He was talent spotted again by Joe Orlando. Joe Orlando's the talent spotter, apparently, and given some inking jobs over Dick Dillon and Kurt Swan. Uh, he created Hercules Unbound, um, not an influence on a comic I might have done. <laughs> um, and he is described by Marv Wolfman as an artist who can draw anything. I know um, Al mentioned it last week. He also did the DC Star Guide, which, I, as I understand it, is being redrawn at the moment by Jim Lee. That's what they're talking about. Oh, yeah, God. so we'll see what happens there, mate. Um, he did... I suppose the last thing I really sort of concentrated on of his was he did the Metal Men. And do you remember Wednesday Comics, Dave? Did you ever get them? Oh, yeah, the big uh, newspaper yeah. style thing, yeah. yeah he did the no, Metal Men. that had Kyle Baker Hawkman in that. That's, That's right. Yeah, I think Dave Gibbons great. wrote the Commandy story, didn't he, and... Nice, yeah. nice experiment there. Quite hard to come by the hardback of that, which was quite a nice little thing. I've got the the issues, but they're sort of folded over in long boxes, and I'm always a bit dubious yeah. about taking them out of the the bag. Maybe yeah. that was the plan. Yeah. So yeah, so good stuff. That's a good story. I thought I thought we still got a bit of time. I thought I might mention the Teen Titans story as well. Um, did you read that one? Oh Dave? yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. I I bought this when it came out, Tony. Right. Okay, mate. And, I, and I've dug it out every year and had a look through it since then so yeah. yeah it's it's tt's swinging christmas carol that's right <laughs> yeah uh, 60s cool hip yeah they, they do they do that large don't they so this was in teen titans 13 from uh january to february 1968 um it's written by bob haney um not talk about enough these days i think um he co-created the teen titans with bruno premiani also created metamorpho and eclipso uh, started, he did a lot of um, started with mainly war comics he was doing it at Fawcett and a couple of other companies and then he moved to DC Comics when the Wortham effect started essentially so when people were like frowning on crying and war comics he moved over to DC and started working on superhero comics um, also worked writing the Thundercats TV series believe it or not um, oh that's when they get older and think look I need to make some money here yeah they do don't you they know? Kirby did it so do, get out of comics and get into TV Let's do, some do Thundercats comics yeah, exactly. Yeah, uh, the cats cartoons. The, yeah. the art in this is lovely, man. I've got to tell you. Do you think? Yeah, Nick Cardi, it's really good, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. It, it's got a real. It's not your typical sort of superhero artwork. Yeah, more stuff you maybe see in EC comics or something like that. Isn't yeah, it? it's really good. Yeah, he's he's it, got a real personality to his face, isn't he? Yeah, he, he kind of reminds me a bit more like Toph or somebody like that. A little yeah, bit, maybe Wally would. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I get you. And it, it, it actually fits well for the sort of Christmas Carol vibe. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Even does. though it's uh, mixed in with all the sixties uh, cool talk. Yeah, they do try a little too hard, don't they? In this, to be cool. Well, yeah. At, the, at this at this stage, it's just enjoyable catch. <laughs> at one point, yeah. Robin called Flash Flasheroo. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, Nick Cardi's great. I'm a big fan of Nick Cardi's work. Um, early work, um, early work was for Eisner, uh, Eisner and Iger. They uh, did fight ah. comics and, ju- and jungle comics. Uh, sadly passed away in 2013. Real name Nicholas Viscardi. Um, he wrote a newspaper strip called Lady Luck under the name Ford Davis. He earned and actually earned two Purple Hearts in World War Two. That's incredible. As a tank driver, beat that you moaning snowflakes on Twitter. You know, have a, have a chunk of that. Um, <laughs> he was a big fan of Lufine um, and would sit and watch him work whilst at the Eisner kind of had a bullpen system set up where they Eisner I think rented a flat and they all sat in different rooms together drawing uh, and tried not to sit near the door because it was cold it was that sort of thing you know um, and whilst there he would uh, he sat alongside Lufine and also George Tusker who was there and I think George Tusker's comparable to him I'm a, I'm a fan of Tusker he doesn't get another one who doesn't get talked about enough he's got that strong facial personality thing going on I think yeah. Um, in uh, 1962 to 1968, he drew 39 issues of Aquaman in Adventure Comics, which is still really readable, I have to say, really good stuff. And I think perhaps, other than Teen Titans, he's mainly known for doing very eye-catching, iconic covers. You know. 
I think that's uh, some of his stuff. If you pick up some of these books from DC at the time, and that Nick Hardy, he knew how to format a cover. He knew how to work a cover, which is great. Good. So that's that one. Uh, the other ones we should mention, because there's, there's a host of like amazing creators in this, aren't there? <laughs> Let's face it. Uh, oh, yeah, there are. You've yeah. got um, Frank Miller does a fucking Batman story in this. Yeah. Yep. It's from um, Batman. It's from DC Special Series number 21. Wanted, Santa Claus, Dead or Alive. Written by Denny O'Neill, um, artist Frank Miller and Steve Mitchell. Ben Oda, letterer, Glenn Whitmore, colorist, Len Wine, Len Wein, editor. Um, it's not quite the Batman we were used to from him. It was slightly more straightforward, isn't it? Yeah, it's... It always seemed to me like uh, somebody was looking through the uh, inventory and <laughs> yeah. went, hey, look, uh, Frank, Frank did Batman, you know, nine years ago or something. Yeah, you know? yeah, I think you're right. Right, get this Christmas special made, put that at the front of it. Yeah. This... <laughs> because this was right at the height of the Miller Batman. Yeah, get that Dark Knight money rolling in. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I think you're right. There's, um, It reminds me a bit of his Daredevil work than it does a lot of other stuff. That's right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, What else we got in here? We've got Justice League. Uh, the Man Who yep. Murdered Santa Claus. Uh, yeah, another great good. story. Is it Dick Dillon on the art in that? I can't remember off the top of my head. Yeah, I think it was. Yeah, I, was like, it? I like his stuff. Dick Dillon, yeah. Yeah, and um, some great Red Tornado moments in this. I think this was when Red Tornado used to freak me out slightly as a kid because of his sort of... There's no eyes there, are there? You know. Yeah, I was just thinking about that. Um, the the impact. Looking through this the other day, I was remembering what how Red Tornado was fascinating yeah. when I was a kid. Because I guess he's like a vision knockoff, isn't yeah. he? But yeah. I think I didn't know about the vision yet, maybe. So the Red Tornado was like, oh, he's not even human. Or is he a machine? Or yeah. you know, <laughs> I was young enough for it all to get under my skin. Yeah, and he became. I like the Green uh, Lantern story in here as well with John Stewart been called in to be the green lantern oh okay and yeah and it's because hal jordan uh, falls over in his bathtub <laughs> and knocks himself out <laughs> and so because he's done that they need to get the other green lantern and i thought that's a great kind of origin <laughs> yeah, story there is yeah he's good isn't it? yeah yeah <laughs> i'm i'd love a big nice hardback of all these dick dylan era because we had the little just after this we had the manhunter saga and we had all the, yes. the, the the different Earths all joining up, and it's yep. some great moments back then. It is really readable. John Stewart yeah. looks great in this as well. I know he became a bit of a bit more well known later on. Um, mm-hmm. He had his own Green Lantern series, and then of course he's in the Justice League cartoon, isn't he? That's a right, lot of kids yeah. remember. I, I've heard other podcasts talk of this about like about this, but a lot of kids, if you said Green Lantern, they think John Stewart. You know, yeah. cause he's he's the cartoon one, and uh, he's great. I remember reading that the Green Lantern movie confused a, a certain generation. Yeah, I like, think you're right. Who's that Green Lantern? That's that's not yeah. John Stewart. Yeah, and the last one we've got to mention, which is the last strip in here, is um, by Neil Adams. So yeah, it's a hell of another a, Batman. Yeah, not your classic Batman. I'll be honest with you. I, thinking of Batman now, I don't really think of him wearing a fake beard or singing Christmas carols with people. <laughs> Do you know, uh, there, doesn't he, he? He's undisguised in the Frank Miller one. Is like a black dude, isn't he? Is he? I can't remember. Oh, is he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, and then you see him. I mean, he's a full on. I mean, it's not Bruce Wayne, right? Right. No, it's not. Uh, is it? Yeah, yeah. No, I mean it just doesn't. And then and then the next panel, he stood there and he looks like he's maybe he's taken off the disguise, you know. And it's like no. That's, <laughs> that's, that's superhero comic logic there. The fact that you could look like that in one panel and then look like that in the next panel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Do you know what it reminds me? I've, I've been reading old Star Trek uh, Gold Key comics. Oh, okay. And then one of the... Uh, uh, they're usually quite good at capturing the, the characters, actually, I must say. But then I guess they get different writers in here and there. And the, the last one I read was... Uh, Captain Kirk goes back to meet his old friend, a, a physician on on some planet, and he needs to go undercover. So his his friend says, "Yeah, go go in the machine here." So Kirk's in, and his face gets rearranged. Right. And now now he's a black dude. Oh and my now god! Yeah. He's got a full on afro. <laughs> and I'm sitting thinking, what am I reading here? You so know, it's like racist, Mister B. Help me. Yeah. Yeah. Was it, was, uh, it, was, it, was the character who used to go in a cupboard and come out as a red Indian or a? Mr. Mr. Ben, so it's like racist Mr. Ben almost, isn't it? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Mr. Ben, yeah. 
Yeah, so that that's been. Uh, I wonder whether they were just me. taking that off the 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 issue of is it Superman or Action Comics? Well, it might be Lois Lane actually, oh, yeah. where she doesn't she go in yeah. and come out a black woman to do some journalismy sort of thing or something. Yeah, she did, didn't she? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, the thing is, in those Star Trek comics, they, they obviously haven't figured out how to colour in black people. Right. Okay. Because they're all like, you know, slightly purpley. Yes, that's right. Pink. Yeah. And even Lieutenant Ahura is sitting there, and she's this bizarre purple pink colour. And you're like, why can nobody figure out how to do brown here? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Colourist ain't on much. Yeah. Yeah. Good. That was a good choice, man. Yeah, it's good. And um, like I say, we're both yeah. fans of Christmas, so that's that was ideal. Oh, do you know what? I, yeah. I want to just quickly mention that there's actually a, a bit written at the back. Mark Wade, he wrote a little uh, bit at the back. Did you read that? No, I haven't read that yet, no. Well, that actually set the scene quite well. And it's and it's just him talking about how he was fed up one Christmas. And, and so he went and dug through all these old Christmas comics. And he sat and read them to try and get into this sort of Christmas spirit. Yeah. And so with that in mind, they've then went and made this collection. And that I just it's a nice little, uh, it's not quite an essay, but it's just a... Yeah, nice little uh, editorial at the back, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so that sets the scene nicely. Yeah, good. And we didn't say, but the Batman story is Batman, The Silent Night of the Batman from Batman 219, February 1970. So yes. still absolutely readable. Still great. Would stand up in a comic yep. today. That's the beauty of Neil Adams, isn't it? Yeah, has some great layouts here as well. Yeah. yeah. It's uh, Neil Adams is a bit of a classic Batman, isn't he? he is. I'm not saying anything uh, controversial there. No. I think everybody knows that. Yeah, 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 yeah. But he certainly um, the house that haunted Batman was one in the seventies he drew, and that's I always think that's my favourite Batman comic. Yeah. Oh, okay. Just just because I read it when I was yeah that age, you know, and it was because Robin melts away in his arms. Right. Okay. Right. And it's horrific. Yeah. I was always rather impressed with his his drawings of Batman with his shirt off but still with his mask on. Yeah. Yeah. It was looked uh, he looked like he could throw a punch, that dude, I've got to tell you. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. Good stuff, man. Right, we haven't got Yeah. <laughs> Harry, yeah, yeah. A little bit a little bit Tom Selleck. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um Okay, so we haven't got a saucy advert, we've just got um another shout out for our fundraiser this week. We thought that with Christmas round the corner, we might try and raise some money for a worthy charity and at the same time help you promote your comics project if you are a comics creator. We've decided that our ch- favourite charity is Cancer Research UK, but if you want to donate to another one, we're not going to be pissed off over at the Awesome Comics podcast. And this is how it will work. For a donation of £10, we'll give your comic project a big shout on the pod and in our social media. £20 will grab a short 10-minute interview. I've got another one to do tomorrow. Promoting you or a project of your choice, you might wish to donate for someone else maybe. You might wish to um, talk about someone else's comic that you love. That's a possibility as well. £30, Dan will do your synthwave pin-up. He's just done me one. Very good. For £30, Vince will do you a digital pin-up with your single character. And for £30, I'll give a private critique on a comic-related project of your choice. All that we ask is you donate to a charity and you send us um, the receipt, just sort of proof of donation, and then we'll be in touch. There are actual badges now, so we're calling them the Good Egg Badge. So I know that there's some just been sent up to that, uh, that Comic Smell who've kindly donated. So you should be getting yours soon, Dave. Um, and uh, lovely. And uh, yeah, it seems to be going well. We've uh, I think we're about to about five hundred and forty pounds now, which is quite something. We're really pleased after oh, a week. Well done. That's, That's good. good stuff. It's a good idea. Yeah, Tony. it's an easy one to do because we don't have to set a website up. People just donate, they come to us, so it's not too bad. Yeah, yeah. Good stuff, dude. Um, so what's uh, what's on the calendar? So you were just saying before we came online that you guys have got your best of show coming up. Yeah, best of the year. Favourite, I suppose, um, or, yeah. Yeah, 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 although best, really. <laughs> <laughs> you know. Yeah, you know what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, so that, that, we're doing that tomorrow, Okay, actually. are you ready for it yet? Um, yeah, I'm ready. You're born ready, yeah. Yeah, born ready. What's, uh, what's uh, Sadaka going to choose? What do you think he's going to choose? Uh, hmm. Maybe someone with Thanos on it. He loves That's a bit of Thanos. Yeah. <laughs> Is it Thanos or Thanos? I never know, to be fair. I've said both. I never know, but my kids tell me off now because they must say it in those films. So whatever they say in those films, that's what's right. Yeah. Thanos. <laughs> Good stuff. Yeah. And uh, so I'm looking forward to that. And uh, I suppose I could tell you some comics I've been making. Yeah, go on. Yeah, time. please do. Yeah, yeah, please do. 
uh, I, I made a I made a little comic for uh, for this yeah for this zine. Uh, I was inspired after the the way Donald Trump's been behaving. <laughs> so I did this comic called My Political Insight. Right. Okay. And it's uh, and it concerns Donald Trump. Good. Where's that going to be printed? Are you printing that yourself, or is it an anthology? Or no, it's in a it's in a US uh, zine. Uh, it's a new one that I can't remember the name of. Okay. Sorry, that's no use, is it? <laughs> well, um, it was it was a few weeks ago I did it now, so I can't remember anymore. Right. Okay. <laughs> we'll stick it in. We'll stick it out. Again. So look out for that. Yes. <laughs> Whatever it's called. And you, um, your coming must be due any time, dude. I know it's been at the, it's at the printers. Is it back yet, or? Yeah, we're still waiting to hear. Right, okay. That. So that's kind of in limbo. So uh, is it printed or is it? I've heard nothing. Oh, mate, I'm sorry. Oh, okay. Right. Okay. I don't have any. Uh, I don't have any exciting update for you. <laughs> I've got a void. <laughs> <laughs> and what's the? Uh... Well, you know, I'm just uh, forging on, but everything else yeah waiting on that getting done you know it's a shame if it's going to be after christmas that's a shame um yeah yeah it would be a shame but it's looking like that might happen okay never mind these things mm. happen you know worst things happen to see yeah exactly yeah yeah, yeah. um and what yeah. about the tay bridge that's is that done or the tay bridge is done uh it's all done and i've been thinking that i might have a go at kickstarter for that okay in the, yep. in the new year, which I've not done Kickstarter. I, I might actually get on to you for some tips yeah, or course, whatever yeah. about that. Yeah. Just to give it a try, because, I mean, what harm could it do? But the work's all done, the artwork's all there, and everything's in place. Good stuff, yeah. So you'd just be so looking... someone else to try, yeah. You'd be looking for print costs and stuff like that. And it's good exactly. sometimes to get out your bubble of people who are buying your comic, but you want to get it into other people's hands, and that's yes. the technique for it, isn't it? You know. Exactly, yeah. If people are interested, they'll they'll give it a go. Yeah, if you need to know how to get banned on Kickstarter, I can let you know. That'll be quite easy. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, that'd be good. <laughs> uh, I'll try and do a, a Tay Bridge story involving a cock in somebody's eye. <laughs> I'll have to just think of that angle. Yeah, it won't take. I'll be fine. It's it's Dundee, <laughs> mate. Worst things have happened in Dundee. <laughs> yeah, that's just a regular Friday night. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Good stuff, man. You know, I did. I did. Uh, I'll quickly say yeah. that I did. A, I did a, a tribute comic to Dave Prowse last week. Ah, oh, yes, yeah. Uh, because when when he passed away, I was I was thinking about he's he's meant quite a lot to a certain generation, you know. Yeah, definitely. And whenever I get a Star Wars idea, I'm always able to fire it at Robin Barnard of Star Wars. Oh yeah, Robin listens to this. Yeah, reckon this. Yeah, or do you reckon, and and he was he was good with that idea, so I thought great, so. So I finished that last week. A little shout out to Robin because I like his stuff. <clears throat> yeah. And he does it because he loves it, and he recreates, does little recreations of Bronze Age and Star Wars and all this sort of thing, but does it with a sense of humour, doesn't he? I like his stuff. Yeah, he's good, good egg. Yeah, he is. Yeah, good. Job. Absolutely. Good stuff, man. And where can we find your stuff online? Where can we find you? Well, you want to Google Fred Egg Comics to get me. <laughs> good. That's it. That's all you need. Mm-hmm. Good, and you can find me over at Tribute Press, tributepress.bigcartel.com. Um, fingers crossed, we're waiting for a, a delivery from a, a, I think a different printer, but we were waiting for one. Should have arrived today, didn't arrive, so we're hoping to get our one, uh, Tommy Hercules three in the post. So that should hopefully be before Christmas. So we'll see how that goes. I'm hoping tomorrow. I'm going to, tomorrow night. I'm going to be sitting there putting comics in bags, yep. but we'll see what happens. Yeah, good stuff. Yeah. All right, Dave, well, hang on, and we'll 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 leave the listeners now, but we'll have a little chat about our next project. Cheers, man.